Well, hey, welcome Central Christian Church. We're so honored that you've tuned in. I know many of you are traveling and enjoying some vacations and whether that's, that's getting out of the state or just, just going to the beach and relaxing for a bit. I thought it would be appropriate for us to kick off with some of Jenny, Jimmy Fallon's vacation fails today. So check this out. Uh, this, this one is from uh, Chelsea. She says, uh, took a trip to California and asked my, my parents to take a picture for me by the ocean. This was the result. <laughs> How many of you have experienced this on a vacation? I mean, vacation. Vacation fail. Uh, how about this one? Uh, this is from, from Chrissy. Almost every summer vacation in the 80s, nine kids, one overheated wagon, zero shirt on dad. Check dad out there, rocking that dad bod. I like it. Uh, here's the next one here. Uh, once when I was a kid, my family went on vacation to Yellowstone. After a pit stop, my dad asked if, if everyone was in the car. Yep, I replied. Uh, my seven-year-old brother then had, had to chase down the car. One child left behind. Uh, how many of you can relate to that one? How about this one? Uh, I was going to surprise my family by joining them in a Disneyland trip. Uh, when I showed up, I couldn't find them. It's because they were across the country at Disney World. Uh, vacation fail. That's a big fail right there. Well, those are awesome. That makes for, for I hope your vacation goes a lot better than that. Uh, but those vacation fails make for some, some great stories. And, and that's actually what I want to talk to you about today. How, how can we allow God to write our story. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to say welcome. Welcome to, to Central Christian Church online. We, we've heard so many of you tuning in on the West Coast and the Midwest and East Coast, up north in Alaska. Uh, we see you tuning in all the way in France and in India and in Africa and other countries around the globe. And we're so, so thankful that, that God is opening new doors and doing new things in a new season. And we're honored that you are a part. Here at Central, man, we say this every week, we exist to help help people find and follow Jesus. And just for clarification, we are imperfect people in progress. So if you're looking for a perfect tribe to join, we are not that tribe. We just believe that we serve a perfect God and we're trying to follow him and become more like him. Well, we were in week four of our series, Running with the Giants. And, and this has been our, our theme verse throughout this series. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12. And we've been focusing on verse one, but we're going to add on verse two uh, today. And so so it starts off with this word, therefore, and you're going to get tired of hearing me say this, but every time you see the word therefore, you got to go back and figure out what it's there for. And in Hebrews 11, an encouraging chapter, I would invite you to check that out this week. I think it'll help build your faith. But in Hebrews 11, it's this hall of fame of faith, these heroes of faith, these giants of faith who did great exploits for God in the midst of challenging times, in the midst of ambiguity, in the midst of uncertainty, they held on to faith at the risk at risk of losing their family, at the risk of losing their wealth, and in many cases, the risk of losing their life, but they held on to the very end. And the author says, therefore, in light of what they've done, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it's like this grandstand moment and like you're running your race, you're in the game, you're on the track, and now these witnesses are looking down on your life and they're cheering you on, but, but, but while we're in the race, let's, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that, that, man, it just trips us up, right? It entangles us and, and let's run our race with perseverance. Man, this season certainly calls for perseverance. Let's run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And here's how we do that. Let's fix our eyes on, on Jesus because here's the reality. He wants to be the author. 
He is the author. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, but he wants to be the author and perfecter of of your story. And I want to talk to you about how we can invite him into that. Uh, The author and perfecter of our faith before the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Today, I want to, to, to talk to you about this, this idea. And throughout this series, as we've, we've talked about these giants of the faith, if we could invite one of those giants onto the track and they could run a lap with us around that track, they could come alongside you in light of their experience, in light of their learning, in light of their failures, what might they say to you at this moment in time? Well, today, we're gonna run alongside a prostitute a prostitute named Rahab. And what advice might she be willing to share with you today? Well, out of the gate, we know she's a prostitute. And so her story starts off with some brokenness, some shame, some guilt. And some of you can relate to that. So some of you have some stories you're not real real proud of. And, And honestly, there's a lot in my past that I'm not real proud of. There's some chapters of my story I wish I... I wish I could erase, I'd be perfectly okay if God never asked me to share those chapters of my life with anyone ever, ever again. But Rahab steps onto the track and into your life today, and and the very first thing that she would want you to know is this, that that when you're feeling, here's the big idea, when you're feeling disappointed with your life, when, when disappointment begins to set in, here's the invitation, let God write your story. Let God write your story. Rahab experienced a lot of disappointment, a lot of, a lot of grief, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, but, but she, she took this step and she started letting God write her story. Rahab, repeated moments of shame, repeated waves of guilt, compounded feelings of disappointment, but she started letting God write her story and man, she has a story to tell with you today. What about you? Some of you watching this, man, you've had tremendous success in the tech industry and, and running your own business, and you feel, feel in the midst of all that, though you've, you've kind of climbed to the top, maybe life is without the purpose that you had hoped for. Maybe arriving at the top didn't, didn't allow you to achieve what you thought it would, and my invitation would be, what if you allowed God to write your story? Some of you watching this, man, your, your story isn't what you thought it would be. You got a lot of regret and now, now you find yourself bound with addictions and, and not really sure where to turn. And my invitation would, would be to consider this question, what if you, what if you allow God to write your story? Some of you, man, you've been going to church for a long time and your relationship with God has started to feel dry, but what if you put the pan, the pen back in the hand of the creator of the universe and you started to allow him to write your story afresh? Well, how do we do that? How do we allow God to write our story? Well, well, like I just said, you just hand him the pen. You surrender again. Let him write the narrative in the midst of confusion, in the midst of uncertainty. He has a perfect plan for your life. Everyone listening to that, you need to know that. God has a beautiful story that he desires to write for you. A life that, that leaves no regrets. So you can come to the end of your life and say, man, I'm so glad I let God write my story. But here's what you need to know. It's a daring adventure. It will call for courageous faith. There'll be moments when you don't know what is happening. And there'll be moments where you want to take that pin back and start controlling your own story. But, but in those moments, an invitation still remains to, to let God write 
your story. So how do we let God write, write our story? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's a few things you need to know if you're going to allow God to write your story. The first thing is this, that God searches for you in the middle of your story. He, he searches for you to be a part of, of his story. And, and so you need to know just right up front that God initiates the search. He's searching for you. If you're watching this today, wherever you are, for whatever reason, you've landed here. You need to know that, that the real reason is God has been, he's been searching for you. He searches for you to be a part of, of his story. God starts the rewrite process. He starts the course correction. And we see that displayed in Rahab's life. When we come to, to Joshua chapter 2 and in verse 1, we read this. Then Joshua, a son of Nun, secretly sent, sent two spies to Shittim. Go and, and look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. And here it is. Here, here, here she, she comes onto the scene. And when they went there, they entered to the house of a, of a prostitute named Rahab. Little, little side note. How would you like to have the preface of your name always be prostitute Rahab? Here she is. And they stayed there with her. Now, now these two spies, they, they went looking on a recon mission to figure out how they could get access into this city called Jericho. And, and Rahab's house happened to be the perfect spot for them to hide. You know, Rahab would have had frequent visitors in and out of her house. Uh, strangers would have not, it wouldn't be foreign for, for Rahab to have strangers coming in and, and leaving on occasion. And not only that, but Rahab's house was built into the exterior wall. And so if these spies needed to escape quickly, they could escape from Rahab's house. And while Rahab was not looking for, for God, God came looking for Rahab. These two spies were simply on a, a recon mission trying to get intel on this city, but God was on a recon mission for a lady named Rahab because he wanted her to be a part of his story. And as we're going to see in just a, a few minutes, Rahab actually ends up becoming the, the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. God was initiating a recon mission, searching for Rahab to graft her into his story. I'm just saying that God searches for you. God searched for Rahab. She didn't know it at the time. Everything seemed to be, be falling around her. Uh, she was just trying to do the next best thing to earn a, a buck. And now, now Rahab has, has become the target of God's recon mission to bring her into his story. And so today, man, if, if God has been, been knocking on, on the door of your heart, maybe he's been searching for you, asking, hey, can I come into that area of your life? Hey, can I come into the middle of that relationship? Hey, would you invite me into this arena? D -d Don't ignore the knocking. He's searching for you. He, he wants you to be a part of his story. And, and John 15, 16, he just comes right out and he, he says it very plainly. He says this, this is Jesus speaking. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I've been searching for you and I appointed you so that you might have purpose. You might go and, and bear fruit. You might do big things, you might do good things for the kingdom. He's been, he's been searching for you. Not only does God search for us, but God also, he makes a way for us to be a part of his story. God makes a way for you to be a part of his story. 
And when we, we come back to the, the story of Rahab in, in Joshua chapter two, these, these two spies, they, they have this interchange with Rahab. And, and Rahab's like, hey, I, I, I know that, that your God's the real God. I know your God's the God, the God of Israel is like the one true God. I believe that. And I know he's given you this city. But whenever you guys come to like crush our city, like, can you help me out? Like, don't, don't kill me with the rest of, of these people. And here's what it says in, in Joshua chapter two, they begin to make this treaty with Rahab. And, and so they said, now, now the men said to her, uh, this oath we made, you made us swear uh, will not be binding on us unless we enter the land. You have, you, unless we, you've tied this scarlet robe in the window through which you let us down. So these spies, they escape through this window and they're like, unless you tie a, a scarlet robe, the same window, then we can't promise you anything. Uh, but if you tell what we are doing, uh, we will be released from this oath uh, we made, you, made with us, you made us swear. Uh, agreed, she replied. Uh, Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied a scarlet cord in the window. That's an important piece to note. She, she, she takes a step of obedience uh, to what they said, but, but this scarlet cord, it, it, a lot of scholars say it's, it's really a symbol of what was to come. Uh, for some of you, you might, might have heard of this story in Exodus about these people in Israel who they were, they were held slaves in this, this, this nation of Egypt. And, and God told them like, hey, a death angel's coming, but if you want the death angel to pass over, you had to take like the blood of like this, this lamb and put it on your doorpost, like this, this scarlet blood, kind of like this, and the death angel passed over. Now the spies are saying, unless you tie a scarlet cord to the window, death will come to your house. But if you do this, you can escape. And ultimately we see the fulfillment of this in Jesus as he died on the cross to take your penalty, Rahab's penalty, your shame, Rahab's shame, all on himself in this moment on the cross, laying his life down so that death might, might pass over for you. He's on a recon mission, he's searching for you and he's made a way for you to now enter into his story by the way of the cross. God always makes away. Here's an important verse, I think, for us to remember and maybe hang on to in, in this season is in Romans 8. And I, and I say this is important because sometimes whenever we hand God the pen and allow him to write our story, sometimes it feels like maybe he's not going to make a way. In the midst of this global pandemic, in the midst of a, a financial downturn, in the midst of racial tensions, in the midst of all this craziness swirling around, it's kind of like, God, what kind of story are you writing? But I say God always makes a way, and it's important for us to remember that. And here's the promise, because we know. Now, that's an important, that's a big statement. Do you know? Or have you just heard of this? But do you know, like in the core of who you are, down in your knower, as the old timers would say, and we know that in all things, even in this season, God is working all of it together for good, for those who, who love him, those who've handed him the pen and have, have been a called according to his purpose. I'm just reminding us today, if you've handed God the pen to your life, he's writing a good narrative. He's writing a good story. You might not see it now, but he is the way maker and he's gonna make a way to turn this story around for good. Finally, Rahab would want you to know this. God's story always has a redemptive ending. 
God's story always ends, ends in your favor. It always ends with a good turnaround. And Rahab wants you to know that. God's story always has redemptive ending. You know, giving your life to Jesus isn't the end of the journey. It's actually, it's actually the starting blocks of that journey. And sometimes we get that mixed up. We think this is, this is where I, I said the prayer, like I've surrendered to Jesus. I've handed him the pen. Now I'm good. No, 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 no. You got a daring adventure ahead of you. Continue to let God write your story and know that the ending will be redemptive. I say that because whenever we see Rahab mentioned the next time, we fast forward to the New Testament. Now the Bible's kind of broken down into two main sections, the Old Testament and then the New Testament. When we come to the New Testament, the first book is a gospel called Matthew. And Matthew starts off his gospel in Matthew chapter one with a genealogy. It's kind of like this family tree. It's, it's these sections of the Bible that we like to just skip over quickly. But that's where we find Rahab mentioned. And it's interesting to me that, that Matthew documents 42 of Jesus' grandpas, 42 men that are part of his lineage, part of his story. But, but he includes four women in this story, four grandmas, four great, 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 a lot of greats, grandmas included in Jesus' genealogy. And like you, I've often wondered, why four? Why 42 men? Why four women? Of all the women you could have included, why'd you pick these four? And I think I, I have a hunch as to why. And I think that's because Matthew's story was a little bit broken too. And so he inserts four stories of four grandmas for you and I to learn a lesson. Here it is. Matthew chapter 1. We'll pick it up in, in verse three. It says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Now, now Tamar, I, I don't have time to go into all the details, but you need to read this on your own. Uh, Genesis 38, mark this. Read Genesis 38 because it's an X-rated story. It's like a R-rated story at best. But Tamar does some jacked up stuff. And the original readers of this would have been like, wait, 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 Tamar's in the story? Like she's a part of Jesus' lineage and Jesus is like, God's like, absolutely. Because even Tamar is welcome into God's family. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. What, Rahab? The, the chick that was a, a prostitute? Like she's, you know what she did for a living? God's like, absolutely. Even Rahab, she's in, she's grafted. She's part of this lineage. She's, she's part of the family. She's in the family tree. Matter of fact, she's in the lineage of Jesus. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Ruth, she's of a different ethnicity. She's not even part of our nation. Like, like Ruth's an outsider. And God's like, you're right. Because in my economy, I make outsiders insiders. Ruth's part of this story. She's welcome in. David, whose father was Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Now he doesn't name her, but this is Bathsheba. And Bathsheba was a woman who had a broken story. You, you, you might know this, you might not know this, but Bathsheba, she, 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 was, she was treated wrong. She, she, was, she, she was a victim. And if you doubt whether she was a victim, read 2 Samuel chapter 12. Bathsheba was a victim. Here's what happened. This king, this, this man of authority sees her and he's like, hey, she's looking hot. I need to see her. David brings her in, gets her pregnant. And in order to cover up his tracks, he has her husband murdered, this man 
Uriah. But what you need to know about Uriah is that Uriah was a man of noble character. Bathsheba was done wrong. Imagine the grief. Now, now not only do you have the shame of what has taken place with David, but now your husband who you love, this good man, a man of integrity is now dead and it's partly your fault. And then to top it all off, to compound the grief, Bathsheba's first son lives for a few days and because of David's sin, he dies. Brokenness, grief. You want her in the story? God's like, you bet. She's welcome in too because I can put broken pieces back together. Here's what you need to know. As we begin to round the corner, we're in the home stretch with Rahab. I think, I think these ladies would shout something to you today that you need to hang on to from the grandstands. Here's a message from some heroes of faith that are part of Jesus' lineage. Tamar wants you to know, she shouts from the grandstands, God will forgive your darkest sins. Everyone's welcome in. Rahab wants you to know, God will use you regardless of your past, no, regardless of your shame, regardless of your brokenness. It cannot hinder God from writing a new, a new story regardless of your past. Ruth wants you to know, God will not leave anyone out. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your pedigree. It doesn't matter your position or your posture in life. God wants you to be a part of his family and he wants to write a story with you in it. He's not willing to leave anybody out. Here's what Bathsheba wants you to know. God can heal any situation. I know some of you have been hurt. I know you feel broken. It's not too big for God to heal. Bathsheba wants you to know God can heal any situation that you face today. These four women want you to know that God's story always has a redemptive ending because he's that good of a God. Now for some of you today, your best next step is to hand the pen to God and let him begin to write your story. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you haven't handed him the pen, if you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and fill your life and give you, give you a brand new beginning, here's what I would invite you to do. Here's the first step. God wants to surprise you with, your love, with his love today. Your invitation is to accept him. Accept him. Accept this as a reality that even after all you've done, you need to know this, accept this. God sent his son, Jesus, into the world to pay the penalty for your sin. Accept this as a reality. All your mistakes, all your shame, all your guilt, it's been nailed to a cross over 2,000 years ago, and you don't need to carry that shame, that guilt, any longer. Accept that. Here's what I invite you to do. Believe this. Like Rahab, her journey started by believing in her heart that the God of Israel was the one true God. You can begin your journey. You can hand the pen over by believing that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did pay your penalty on that cross. And then confess this as a reality. Just like Rahab, in our story, she made a confession. She believed something, so she used her words to talk about something. She said this, she says, for, for the Lord your God is the God of heaven and the God of earth. She believed, so she talked about it. The Bible says this, that if you today, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in the heart, in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, that, that you can have a brand new story, you, you can be saved. 
So we, 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 we accept that, we believe that, we confess that, and then finally we, we display that with our lives. Rahab, she displayed the reality of her faith with her actions. She, she said, not only do I believe that your God's the real God, but I'm gonna display that with my actions by helping these spies. You too can display our belief. We can display our belief in Jesus by living our lives like Jesus lived. We display that by loving the unlovable, by, by turning enemies into allies, by calling outsiders and making them insiders, by loving the least of these, by, by being mercy personified in your day-to-day life. Now, if you wanna begin that journey with Jesus today, have a whole new story with redemptive ending, I would invite you to to simply pray a prayer along with me like this, but it needs to be your prayer. You say this to God, and I believe that you can begin a whole new story right here, right now. So if that's you, let's pray. God, I, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus into this world. I believe he died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins, and I believe he rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Now now you say this to him, Jesus, from this day forward, I want you to write my story. God, today I'm surrendering my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's awesome. Well, hey, if that was your prayer today, I want you to know if that was your commitment, that man, you got a whole team of people in your corner that are cheering for you. We have some free resources that we'd actually love to get into your hands. And so if that was your commitment, we, the best way for us to get those resources into your hands is to hear from you. So if you wanna text one word, just text Jesus to this number, 408-944-5402. One word, Jesus, to 408-944-5402. A member of our team, a We'll be in contact with you, reaching out with some resources and want to come alongside and and just help however we can in this journey. We're not going to hound you. We're not going to bug you. We just want to help. And so if you want some help on this journey, text us, let us know. Hey, for all of us, whether you've been following Jesus for five seconds or you've been following Jesus for for 10 decades, here's my invitation to you. Let's hand the pen back over to God. Some of us in the midst of ambiguity, in the midst of these challenging times, we want to take the pen back because we're not really sure what narrative he's writing. But here's what you need to know. As we talked about in week one, he always does the right thing. Even if it seems absurd, even if it's, it's, uh, we don't understand, you, you, the God we serve always does the right thing. Make sure the pen is in his hands. He's writing a beautiful story. We might not see it right now. Rahab didn't see it in the moment. But at the end, man, she has a message to share, and so do you. And I'm so honored that you're a part of the Central Family. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you soon.